0: Talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Ola, welcome. Great to have you with us. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and you can go online to sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia routes 11 and 15 in Humbles, wherever you can get the process going with your own, you know, from the comfort of your own living room, at sunburymotors.com. We welcome Matt back to the show today.
1: Yes, yeah, good to be back.
0: Yes, yeah, good to be back. Well... Yeah. Great to have you here. What a great, great job Chad did yesterday. Why? Well, like he, always we he always
1: does. Move the ball.
0: Kind of felt like we moved the ball downfield. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to hear from Micah Parsons today, and then uh, we're going to hear from Noah Kane tomorrow. Cain he is uh, quite a running back now Noah by the way has not started working out yet just so you know Uh, he's not one of those uh, I I think he's not he's like Micah he's not going to be in until that second group next week Uh, he was tested yesterday I mean he's in State College so he's here he's not down in Louisiana he's here he was tested yesterday. He doesn't have his results back yet. So, and it turns out the apartment complex that he's in has a gym. So he's been able to at least work out there. Uh, and, you know, Louisiana had a tough time. And Noah's been one of those guys where... um he ended up spending most of his time in Dallas. That's where his mom lives. And then he was able to get to Arizona because he was able to get in contact with a personal trainer out there. Um, and he felt, uh, you know, there's, and look, there are going to be some players across the country some, not a lot, that might not go back this year because there's some concerns. But for places, for example, let's take State College as an example. They'll be more comfortable coming back here because it's a smaller town as opposed to maybe a university that's in a city. Because of the way this is played out, doesn't mean that uh, COVID-19 doesn't go to small towns. It has, but obviously we've seen where have the biggest problems occurred. They've occurred, obviously, in nursing homes, but they've also occurred heavily in big cities, Philadelphia, New York, Washington, you know, based on the numbers. And I think that's allowed some players, for example, to feel more comfortable with the fact they would come back to a state college. Now I realize we had six new positives in the last twenty four hours here, but five of the six were in nursing homes. Not to minimize it, but again, that confined I'm talking about a confined area like that. So we'll hear from Noah Kane tomorrow, Micah Parsons today, and Bob Lombardi today. We're going to talk with him about the high schools getting on a path to playing in the fall. And the precautions and so forth that do go with it. And we're going to hear from him at 4.06 today. You know, 4.06 today. The College Football Hall of Fame announced its nominees today. Who's on the ballot? And on the ballot include DJ Dozier, Bobby Engram, Steve Wisniewski, and current Penn State wide receiver coach Taylor Stubblefield who played his college ball at Purdue. He's on the nomination list. He's on the ballot. Also on the ballot... Glenn Killinger, who's already in the College Hall of Fame, as a player from Penn State. Now he's on the ballot as a coach. And Bloomsburg's Danny Hale is on the ballot as well for the great coaching work he did at Bloomsburg. And Tony Romo, by the way, is on the, is on the uh, FCS level. So those are some of the names on the college football Hall of Fame ballot released today. The Obviously the baseball thing, you know, I feel after a while you're sick and tired of talking about it cuz it just seems so absurd. It's easy to sit there and blame Rob Manfred completely for all of this, but remember he's representing owners. And look, you got 30 different constituencies here. Some are some are aching to get back and playing as an owner. Others are like, eh, okay, take it or leave it. You know, I mean, I you know, they can go either way. And then you probably have anywhere from four to seven real hardliners. They're like, bag this. And he has to deal with all of that to then go into the negotiating table. But right now they have a big problem. Because you have a lot of people. That is looking at them and saying They've lost all confidence in them There are times when you are a negotiator And I'm talking when you're negotiating a long-term deal So let's advance the clock to December second, 2021 So we'll advance the clock uh, 16 and a half months on December 1st, 2021, the collective bargaining agreement expires for Major League Baseball. So let's now take it ahead. Now, you now if you're doing things right, you've had some preliminary discussions. You've tried to get some groundwork. You're trying to get something done before the deal runs out. But say the deal's run out and you're negotiating. And now we go to, say, January 15, 16, 2022. You've now gone six and a half weeks, no agreement. And you feel like you've laid out some pretty good cards on the table, and you're not getting anywhere. At that point, it is okay, and I think it's a strong negotiating tactic that you need to show the ability that you feel so strongly about what's going on here that you can walk away from the table. Some of the worst deals ever made are the ones where I feel just for, for the publicity of it, so you know, we have to make a deal. A lot of those deals, whether it's sports-wise, business-wise, or politically, are bad deals when you have people desperate to make a deal. You have to have the ability, if you're a good negotiator, that when you have a long-term deal you're trying to put together, they have the ability to walk away and say, that's it, we're out of here. Here's my number. You want to get serious about this? Give me a call. That isn't this moment. And that's why the baseball part of it is so baffling. That isn't this moment. This moment is different than putting together that long-term deal. And we've heard over the years that, you know, because Manfred goes back to the late 90s being one of the attorneys working with baseball, okay? And the, not Tony Clark, but the new attorney that brought in is more of a hardline guy. And what's interesting is it seems based on what you've read about these individuals, including Manfred, even though Manfred's been around baseball for a long time the disturbing part is that you get the feeling that neither one of them really has a feel for the sport. I'll give you a good example. And this is a benign example. When Rob Manfred was asked whether the Astros should be stripped of their World Series title, he referred to the World Series trophy as, quote, a hunk of metal. Well, he had to walk that back the next day. That's not having a feel for your sport. For example, if Luke Catrillo goes out and wins the MVP of Little League, Matt would not take kindly if they referred to the trophy that he gets as a hunk of metal.
1: That is correct. And I'll tell you this, Steve. Call this a hot take. I very rarely do this, but I am now moving Rob Manfred to the bottom of worst commissioner in the major sports right now. So that is below Gary Bettman. He has hit a new low, especially after his embarrassing comments on SportsCenter last night.
0: Gary Bettman, who's had three lockouts, has been able to work with his players to put together a 2014 tournament to at least keep his sport on TV, alive, and in the public consciousness. Now, they're not going to start going until late July like the NBA will. But take, take for example, Bud Sealing. No matter what you say about Bud Selig, Bud Selig had been in baseball as an owner, or in some capacity, since 1970. He was at least ingrained in the game every day. He, you know, he had a a great relationship, for example, friendship with Hank Aaron. And then negotiated one deal after another with the Players Association after the 94-95 season. What's interesting is that when you look back, there are only nine remaining owners on that 94-95 fiasco. Ironically, one of them is Jerry Reinsdorf. You just saw him, obviously, portrayed on the last dance about the Bulls. And people will tell you, and I don't know, I don't know the man, and I don't know this is a fact, but you listen to people in the know, and they'll tell you he's one of those hardline guys that's like, hey, we don't have to play with the play. You went through 94, 95, and that's your attitude? How could that possibly be? I mean, to me, it's got to be the other way around. you got to be one of those guys saying, hey, look, Let's not be desperate here. Let's just be smart, but we've got to play. Let's come up with a plan here to play. We're going to we're going to have to take it in the back here financially this season. But you know, and we're going to have to probably renew remove, remove that financial knife from our shoulder. in order to then have prosperity in the next five years. And completely left out of this are the fans, as always. I mean, when I hear an agent like Scott Boris say, well, you can't play without players. Well, guess what, buddy boy? You can't make any money without fans. Now the fans aren't going to be represented. It's like the like the fans are unionized. The owners are represented. But guess what? If there are no fans, you your clients are making no money. None. Zero. Zip. Zilch. Because guess what? No fans, no sport. Can't play without can't play, you can't play without the owners. You can't play without players, and you can't play without fans. All three have to be engaged in what's going on. That's why when we get in these negotiations, you hear the stupidest things said. I mean, the only person I know that has made more money in the last 10 years than Scott Boris, the only two people I know that have made that kind of money have been Matt in the suit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wish I could say that.
0: I know the suit implies he does.
1: Well, this is exactly right. (laughs) And speaking of the fandom, Steve, and I know we've talked about this numerous times already that the fandom is kind of dwindling down significantly for baseball, but I, I saw not one, not two, but numerous different Twitter polls that have said, do you care if baseball comes back this year? And a majority of them have said no. That's all you right. that's all you need to know right now, and that's right. just astonishing it, to me.
0: Exactly. Now, if you did the same poll six weeks ago, they'd have said yes. But now what they've done is because of the nature of the negotiations, they've turned everybody off. Now, the optics of the TBS deal, oh, they just signed a deal for five hundred million dollars. Well, again, you have to have the ability to add, subtract, multiply, and divide. You know what that ends up being for each team? About 10 to $12 million per team. All right? So in other words, you made a deal with TBS, which averages out to maybe your number two or three starter in your rotation taking your calls at 800-795-9565 this is the steve jones show on news radio 1070 wkok now from the sunbury motors studio here's steve jones sunbury motors fourth street in sunbury sunbury motors kia Routes 11 and 15 and hovels warp and online at SunburyMotors.com, where you can check out the great lines of ford lincoln kia hyundai pre-owned inventory and great deals right now great deals You can get the process started online at SunburyMotors.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. By the way, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders' new stadium, I think it's, what, Allegiant Stadium, is going to host the 2021 Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah. And the comment of the day belongs to Michael, who wrote in on our Facebook page, does anyone even watch the Pro Bowl anymore? Michael, you would be shocked at the rating. You'd be shocked at what the ratings are for the Pro Bowl. Shocked. <laughs> hey, you sit back and go, really? I remember Jack Ham and I were talking about this, and Jack played in what? What did Jack play in? Nine of those? Ten of those? Something like that. <laughs> and I told him what the rating numbers were, and he said, you have to be kidding me. I said, no.
1: Everyone's got to give the Pro Bowl a chance.
0: I know you're the one you're the one that loves the Pro Bowl.
1: I, I like it that it's in Vegas. I, I think that's a good idea on the NFL's part, but I'm still the number one advocate to bring it back to Honolulu. At
0: oh, a believe stadium. Me. oh, believe me, when when Jack played in it and they were going to Hawaii, Joanne couldn't wait to go. Like, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He is not only one of the one of the best linebackers in all of college football. But he also may be one of the best players, period, in college football. Micah Parsons had a chance to talk with the media yesterday, starting with Greg Pickle at PennLive.com.
2: Hi, Micah. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Hey, how did the first workout go today? And what's it like just to be back on campus and in the weight room and around your teammates again? Uh, I just, I, I'm coming in phase two um, I just knew it would be like my last week at home I wanted to spend Father's Day with my son and um, you know, spending it with my father for the last time uh, before I headed back to campus, so I'm going to come back next Monday Next
3: question is Ali Perubi, ABC
2: 27 Harrisburg Hey Micah, how's it going? This, I'm doing good, how are you? Good. Um, So, obviously, it's been a crazy time for everyone. um, But I want to ask you, you know, what's kept you motivated these last couple months to, you know, keep working out, keep doing what you got to do to make sure you're ready for this fall? I honestly just, you know, keep in my mind, hoping that we're going to come back to the season, uh, just putting the work in so I can get the results that I want this year. And, you know, uh, just thinking about my family, they were extra motivation Uh, seeing what we were going through you know, mom going through struggles father going through struggles obviously with COVID so you know it was just extra fuel for me and I was just able to uh, just keep going and then also you know some of the guys will send videos to each other at each other on social media saying what we're doing today Uh, so pushing each other from afar so you know uh, from the uh, football team and my family they gave me all the support and motivation I needed to get through these next uh, couple months
3: our next question is Mark Brennan, Fight On State. Hey, Mike, uh, how you doing today? I'm good.
0: How are you? Great. Thanks for thanks for doing this. I, I wonder if you've been able to identify some areas where you think you could get even better from last year. We haven't really talked to you since the bowl game. What are some of the things that maybe you're focused on?
2: Um, i just say just uh, complete my game, uh, you know, uh, cleaning up all the things I'm good at. You can always get better at everything you do. So i just say... Get better at uh, what I already do now. You know, um, I'm gonna just continue to get better at my my strengths, and I'm gonna continue to get better at my weaknesses. Uh, I say, sheesh! I don't know. I can't give you no know, bad stuff. You know, people might see it and be like, "Oh, we're gonna target that." So uh, I'm gonna just say I'm gonna just clean up. Uh, you know, my mental side of the game. I would say. Next question is
3: Peter Terpstra, WTAJ. Hey Micah, uh, I saw a video not too long ago I don't know, days have been running together you were working out with some Penn State wrestlers carrying some logs and doing some stuff what was, what was some stuff that you were doing in the time away uh, to stay in shape and uh, how was that time for you?
2: Uh, I was doing uh, everything with the wrestling team actually trained with Bove a little bit with some MMA stuff uh, you know Uh, I was doing running, field work, running hills. I was doing anything I could think of, anything that seemed fun or challenging for me. Uh, I was doing it, you know, just as a competitor and just, you know, I just knew it would make me better, you know. I was actually wrestling a little bit with Bo again this offseason, and, uh, you know, it was just some fun stuff, you know. Uh, It was interesting.
3: Next question is Audrey Snyder, The Athletic. Hey Micah, thanks for your time today. Um, you mentioned your family. Um are they okay throughout all of this? Um, yeah. and how did they kind of determine who was gonna come back to campus when?
2: Uh you know, they they were okay. Um, wait, what was the second question?
3: How did Penn State determine who was gonna come back in phase one versus phase two?
2: Or like I um, did honestly, um, it was like a mutual thing. If you said that you wanted to come back in phase one, you could. Um, you know, they're only a week apart. Um, they try to bring most of the scholarship guys back. Some decided to stay, depending on your situation. Um, but, you know, my family was is doing well. Uh, they are getting through it.
3: Next question is Ben Jones, statecollege.com.
0: Hey Mike, I I know before Saquon's junior year, you could kind of sense that this was his moment, and kind of it feels like going into your junior year that this sort of feels like your moment. Does that does it feel that way for you? Does this season feel different aside from all the things that are different about you know what's going on this off season?
2: Uh, no, nah, not really, man. Like, um, you know, uh, I'm just a person that just like, uh, I just play the game and just so happen to be good at it, you know. So I just take. Every I just take every day for what it is. Um, go out there and just get my get, uh, 100% and do what I do best. Um, there's no more pressure to it. I feel like when you add pressure and you add all those uh, other factors, it can alter how you play and perform. I just don't want to go out there and have fun with the game. you know. And that's what it's about, just going out there and have fun and being dominant about it. Um, there ain't nothing more to it than you know, just going out there and try and win championships this year. And that's all it is. I'm just trying to win championships this year. And if it's my year, it's my year, you know?
3: Next question is Tyler Donahue, Lions 247. Hey, Micah. Great to hear from you today. Thanks for the time.
0: Um, Your days at linebacker at Penn State have quickly gone from being a first-year starter to the only returning starter. Can you kind of give us a scouting report on that linebacker room right now and Maybe a younger guy like Lance Dixon, Brandon
3: Smith, who we haven't seen a lot of yet, where you feel like their careers are headed?
2: Um, Brandon Smith or Lance Lance Dixon are going to have a chance to be a starter this year, and so is Jesse Lucetta and Ellis Brooks. Um, It's going to be a crazy competitive room this summer, this camp. Um, I personally can't wait to see who's going to win the jobs out of them four. Um, All of them are hardworking guys that's going to come in and really compete for the jobs that they want. Um, It's going to be interesting to see, you know, um, Ellis and Jesse are in the battle and Lance and Brandon are in the battle over at Sam Linebacker. So um, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, um, they all have different uh, edges, uh, what they're good at, and uh, they just got to use it to their strengths and go 100% in camp and uh, win the job.
3: Our next question is Donnie Collins, Times Tribune. Micah, being the uh, the veteran guy now, experience-wise in in that position, it it usually comes with a a bigger leadership role. Um, Do you feel excited for that, ready for that? And and is there a challenge with not trying to change too much of how you approach things in in that regard?
2: Yeah, it's it's always a challenge when you're stepping into a bigger role. I was just telling – Ellis just the other day when we were talking, I said it's gonna be completely different. I went from the guy that never said anything to the guy that probably gotta speak up more, you know. Um, I gotta go outside of my comfort zone a little bit and speak up more and try to be that guy for the younger guys and you know, uh it's gonna be a challenging year for me, but you know, I think it it, it can't do nothing but help me grow. You know, it's a it's a challenge that I gotta be willing to accept and a challenge that I gotta be willing to grow into to do what we want to do this year. So um, it's something that I'm really looking forward to and I'm excited about.
3: Joel Smith, CBS 21. Joel, are you able to unmute yourself? Does that work? Hello? There you go. There we go. All right. Sorry about that. Uh, Mike, I want to uh, Mike, talk about, uh, about, about social justice a little bit. I know that you've been yeah, looking online and making comments sometimes about your, what's been going you're on. you so. a little bit. All right, let me kill one of those.
2: I think you. I think there. No, I'm still hearing it. Hold on.
3: Why do you come back to me? I'm going to work I'll on that. Come you, Joel. Next question is Mike Gross, Lancaster Newspapers. Uh, hold on, Mike. Let me unmute you. Go ahead. Am I here? Yep, you're good. Hear me? Yep. You there, Mike? We'll come back to Mike. Let's, next okay. up is... Oh, you there, Mike? Hi, Micah. Hey. Uh, uh, um, hey Mike, you're cutting out. I'm here. Yeah. Cu- yeah, you hear me? You're cutting yeah, out. Yeah. You hear me? Yeah, we got We're you me, Mike.
0: Okay. Go okay. You got me? Okay. Micah, you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Micah, uh, a couple months ago when we talked to James, he said he guessed that maybe about 10% – of the team might opt to not come back when the, when the when the when you first come back from the pandemic. Uh, do you know if any of your any of your teammates have decided not to come back, and have you had to fill out some kind of paperwork, a waiver or something like that, the way we heard that the Ohio State players had to.
2: I, I didn't hear the last end of that question.
3: We'll come back. We'll come back to Mike. Uh, we'll check on Mike in a little bit. Uh, Neo Rodell, El Tuna mirror
2: Not hear me. Yep. Yeah.
0: I'm there. Yeah. Thank you. I'm wondering, if Mike, uh, a little bit more on the uh, Donnie's question about being a leader. Uh, Who are the guys that you've looked up to? And have you talked to any of the past players about what it's like to step into that leadership role?
2: Um, A person I looked up to in the linebacker room was uh, Jan. Um, And it wasn't a sense of how he played, but, you know, how he carried himself every day and how he – came, he approached the game the right way. He might not have been the most athletic guy, but his mental and how he approached the game and his study of the game and helping me understand the game was just, like, off the charts. Um, Jan helped me a lot while I was on the field. He helped me a lot off the field, in the film room, helped me understand like, you know, systems, why they're running this, what they were running this. So, Um, that was always a person I looked up to. And I've talked to Cam Brown recently. And, you know, I've talked to Saquon recently. And I've talked to Trace McSorley um, after he just had left. And he told me going into my sophomore year that I was going to break out and I had to start becoming a leader and things like that. And I've talked to him recently. Um, And guys like that. And just, like, um, just learning how to be that guy that everyone looks up to and learning uh, what it takes and what do you have to give up to be that guy. You have to give up wanting to have fun all the time and being serious and have to change in your approach. So just those type of leadership qualities that you want to see in a person is uh, just kind of important And how they explained it to me.
3: Our next question is John Salber, Center Daily Times. Hey, Mike, uh, how much harder has it been to make that transition to the leadership
0: role when you're not with your teammates, when everything's over a video conference and you don't actually get to see those guys?
2: Um, it makes everything so much harder because, you know, you don't know who's really paying attention. You don't, you, you don't know who's really working out as hard as they possibly can. You don't know any of those things. So um, it's hard to really monitor, but um, we get this chance to come back and, in the flow of things during these voluntary workouts, and we're just going to go from there. You know, we can't control um, what happened with this pandemic. We can't control what's been going on in the world right now, but we can't control how we come back after this pandemic and how we move forward. So we're going to control the things that we control now, and we're going to get better from it. Our
3: next question is Nubias Wilborn, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.
2: Two quick things. Oh, two quick things. One, what was your son's name? And then the other part was how did the news that the guys were coming back, the students were able to come back to campus on August 24th uh, make you feel just kind of seeing that it'll be somewhat like normal on campus? Uh, my son's name is Malcolm Floyd Ham Parsons. Um, uh, and, you know, just hearing that we're coming back, that's like a relief because, you know, um, you want to play in front of the fans, like, and you want to do all those type of things, and you want to have that type of environment. You know, it's not as fun taking these class over Zoom meetings online. You kind of want to be interactive. It's harder to get your one-on-ones with the teachers and communicate things that you don't understand. But um, it so hearing that news is, is a relief. You know, I hope that things could go back to normal, and we're just taking the next step forward to go back to normal. Um, I don't think no one likes this uh, pandemic, and, you know, we're going to keep moving in the right direction, hopefully, and hopefully by the time the season comes, Beaver Stadium is going to be full and packed. Our next question is Mark Wogenrich,
3: sportsillustrated.com. You there, Mark? We'll come back to Mark. Uh, next question is John dot HappyValley.com. Hey, Mike, I appreciate your time today and hope you're doing well. Hey, You talked about pressure earlier. I-, I wanted to ask, what is your definition of pressure and do you feel pressure for the team to make the playoffs
2: this season? Uh, There's no pressure, you know. Um, I feel like what you put in this off-season, what you put in every day in practice, um, when you do those things and the work that you put in, there, there's really no pressure. It's just going out there and performing. Um, like, you know what you're capable of. You know what you could do. So, really, what is the pressure? Uh, you could put your own pressure, you know, your own goals on yourself, but there's no pressure on us making the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like, It's either we do what we got to do or we don't. It's real simple. And, you know, every week I know I'm going to go 110% every day. And I know when I whether I win or lose, I can say, like, I did everything I possibly can to win the game or, you know, got better. So I won't put no pressure on myself to do anything because the work's going to speak for itself. And I tell all my guys in the weight room, um, you just gotta speak it into existence. Everything that you put in the air, you speak it into existence. Last year I wrote down my goals and most of my goals came true. Um, this year I'm gonna write down my goals and it's gonna come true. Just like this off season. When we came in after break, I said, I'm gonna clean three seventy five power clean. And I said the proofs in the pudding, every day I came in, I made sure I got I was doing everything I had to do, the extra and what came that day, when it was testing day, I threw a 3 center stock. That's it. The proof's in the pudding. I told you I was going to do this before I even did it. So, literally, you do everything you got to do every day to get there, and you're going to make it happen. So, once the season comes and we get back to working, we're going to do everything we're going to have to do, and we're going to make it happen, and we're going to head in the direction to make the playoffs and hopefully go more.
0: Micah Parsons.
2: As in Patrick, daily.
0: Micah Parsons. Uh always love these Zoom calls where are you there? I get you're echoing. <laughs> oh at some point we gotta transition out of Zoom. I know right now it's helping us, but at some point we gotta transition out of Zoom. Uh, but right now it helps. So that's how we do things. That's how we do things. We're going to zoom into a break. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKLK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.